Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Beasts of Burden, written by Anti-Money Squandering. Grandmother, what have you done? The elven woman, garbed in robes of light green, remained standing at the window and allowed the question to reverberate around the chamber. Once its echoes had been replaced by silence, she turned, beckoning the speaker with one curled hand to join her. Her unlined face remained still, emotionless, but the young Alban man knew better than immediately crossing over to join her. Her eyes never left his, pools of brown so dark that they were near black, and he felt almost as if they had been struck. Finally, she averted her gaze and the younger elf released his breath that he had not realized that he had been holding. You are lucky, Vaniel, that there are none others here to hear your churlish outburst. For that reason, I will overlook it. But do not forget who governs here. Of course, Vaniel answered, his gaze averted to the wood of the floor. After a moment, he dared to raise his gaze once more, to see his grandmother looking back at him. She sighed, and though there was no sign of it upon her features, he could feel the tightness emanating from her. I had a little choice, grandson. There would be little left to govern if I did not take decisive action. We are a small gathering as it is. We cannot bear any more losses. Vaniel opened his mouth before clicking his small, bright white teeth back together, a strong effort to curtail his emotions. His grandmother nodded her approval and then breathed out deeply, staring past her out to the carved window to the square below. A few elves were dotted around, though most stayed within their homes built within the trees. All thought would be focused on the six humans who strode through their village, their gates sure, their weapons clearly visible. Hiring humans, though, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. They are a little better than animals. He paused, looking back at the elven woman, wary of his words now that it was too late to silence them. To his surprise, she laughed briefly. A light, bright stroll then echoed out and floated down to the square. One of the humans seemed to pause at the sound before shrugging their birdy shoulders and continuing on with their comrades. Yeah, dear grandson, untouched by magic, shunned by the gods themselves. She finally turned from the window and strode into the room, her gait so light as to make no noise in the hardwood floor. She plucked a bottle from the frosted bowl on the table, pouring a generous amount of the strong wine within two carved cups. The Vaniel joined her. She poured a small measure of iced water into each, before taking a sip of her own. Vaniel mimicked her, taking a seat once she had deigned to sit herself. But they have uses. Well, they have one use, and it is that use which I have employed these humans for. We don't need some human mercenaries to protect us, Vaniel countered, his grandmother sipping on her wine, her slippered foot tapping idly against the chair. We can take care of the centaurs ourselves. 
Oh, we can. Well, that's good news, dear grandson, she drawled, pouring herself a further measure. Then we have lost half a dozen owls to lure them into a sense of false security. Will you lead the charge with that fruit peeler upon your hip? The centaur is rather more difficult to skin than a peach, you see. Daniel frowned, though managed to refrain from voicing his anger. His hand unconsciously brushed the dagger at his hip, a factation he and some other younger owls had adopted, though the rest of the young clay found the display of exposed steel distasteful and boorish. But to have these humans come in and do it for us, it does not sit well with me, grandmother. That is because you are young, Vadiel. There is no dishonor in this. This is what humans are for. I have heard a whole war's wage between elf clans, each with a financed human army, and not a drop of our blood spilled. It was a civilized approach, and they do it well. Vaniel drained his own wine, tucking a few loose strands of his black hair behind his long ears. I'm no coward, grandmother. She smiled at that, nodding her head and reaching out to grasp him slim hands in her own. I know that, Vaniel, as do the others, but these centaur raiders, they are not worth the risk of your life. The humans will stamp them out swiftly, then be on their way. And if the humans fail, they won't. She leaned back in her seat, putting an ornate dish of crystal clear water towards her. And if they do, then their realm has simply lost a few more humans. Why are we doing this, Reeves? Reeves sighed heavily, leaning his spear against the nearby tree trunk and ignoring the smirk of Gwen, who knelt nearby checking her sword. Because, Thomas, we need gold. Remember gold? It's the shiny thing that we trade for ale. The huge man grumbled under his breath, somehow shrugging off the punch his sister thundered into his shoulder. Crap jobbers all, Thomas said, throwing a punch back at Lana, who was equally unperturbed as it thubbed her arm. The twins were similar enough in looks to be confusing, despite their different sexes. It was not out by Thomas's pension for wearing his hair long and bound by his large head, his sister opting to keep her shaved close to her skull. The easiest way to tell them apart was the brutal weapons they carried. A heavy war hammer for him and an equally solid axe for her. They hefted these now, throwing powerful practice swings into the forest air. Crap jobs still pay, Thomas. Reeves answered, unspooding a length of long, tough rope onto the ground. Gwen, her weapon deemed suitable for her purposes and now sheathed, joined him, having one end and moving it to tie it around a sturdy trunk. Reeves did the same with his end, ensuring that it was secure with a few strong tugs. He stabbed his spear into the ground next to it, laying his shield alongside and stretched his limbs out, his hardened leather armor squeaking slightly. Now everyone, get into position. They'll be riding through here soon. About frickin' time, a voice moaned from the tree above, the speaker hidden partly within the foliage. My arse is boarding a sleep up here, and I think Van needs a crap. Ah, uh, shut up and get ready, Sol, Reeve ordered, taking his position crouched behind the tree trunk. Van remained silent as usual, but the glob of spittle descended from the floor from where he was stashed. It was a filthy brown, stained from tobacco. He was endlessly chewing. When mimicked Reeve and squatted by a tree, taking the thick, rough rope in her hands, the twins wandered back behind them, still swinging their weapons, though their complaints had stopped with the promise of work to come. The band lay in wait, some with watchful eyes in the forest ahead, others with their eyes closed. 
Time passed, Reeve shifting his weight to keep his limbs from going dead, when he paused, hearing what sounded like a whinny in the distance and a low rumble, like a faraway thunder. Gwen caught his eye, mouthing over to him, They're here. He nodded back, gripping the rope himself as the noise grew louder, the herd of the centaurs galloping gracefully through the forest, aiming once more for the elven village their tribe had settled near. Eventually, Reeve could make out the shapes careening towards them, over a dozen of the creatures. As they approached, he noted that they were a subspecies of centaur, the thin stag-like antlers upon their brows, their equine bodies smaller than they had expected. As planned, the herd was running in their general direction, taking roughly the same route as they had always done. He turned slightly and gestured to the twins, who leapt up immediately and bellowed a challenge at their approaching warriors. A few of the head of the herd reared back slightly in surprise at the sudden appearance of two large humans, before the whistling cries of their brethren spurred them on and they charged as one. The twins stayed still, though their muscles were tense with an unreleased energy as the horde descended upon them. As they passed the two large trees that obscured Reeves and Gwen, the two suddenly lifted and tightened the rope that they held, grunting with the weight of the centaurs crashing into it. The front rank was taken down completely, many shattering ankles and bones, their comrades behind thundering to the floor themselves as they fell over the panicked bodies. A few at the back were able to stop in time, reared up straight, bellowing their anger and fear. A few of these were immediately silenced by whistling shafts of arrows suddenly sprouting from the chests and neck, the hands scrabbling for their own weapons going limp. Reeve and Gwen moved as one, spinning around the other side of the trees to face those that had run around the pile of writhing bodies. Reeve thrust out his spear at the nearest, using its own cantering momentum to embed the point deep into the bird chest of its lower half, letting go of the weapon as he did so. With a practiced motion, he drew his sword, ignoring the being of the dying creature behind him and swung his shield heavily into the side of another centaur as it began to trot past. It fell heavily to the floor, kicking out frantically until Reeve's blade snaked down and ripped its bright line across its torso. A third centaur charged towards him, hoping to catch him unaware. This one had managed to unsheathe its lone blade and whirled it over its head while screaming a war cry. Reeve gripped his shield tightly, positioning himself behind the worn metal and throwing himself forward. He used his weight of his body and connected solidly with the front left leg of the centaur, the shield briefly thudding into him painfully from the force, but the loud snap of the limb breaking echoing out. He rolled away before the bulk of the centaur could land on him, jumping up to stamp on the shattered leg. Before it can mount a defense, his sword was buried deep into its torso as his eyes scanning the rest of the forest. Gwen had only two centaurs to contend with, though both careened towards her at the same time. She ran towards them, a tactic the creatures clearly hadn't anticipated. Frenzied shot one had managed to let loose from its small bow spiraling well clear of her. She targeted this one, throwing her sword towards it. The blade spun through the air, slashing into the chest of the centaur as she reared up in pain, crashing into the floor. The other hesitated slightly, struggling to unsheathe its weapon. Before it could do so, Gwen leapt powerfully from the floor, one arm slung around the centaur's torso and gripping the long beard for a purchase to seat herself behind it upon its equine back. 
It reared up to knock the human loose, but Gwen simply tightened her grip, her right hand now slamming a dagger into her chest repeatedly, each thrust to the hilt and followed by a thick spurt of dark blood. As it fell to the ground, she turned to the one that had maimed with the sword, but it was fleeing, its gait uneven as it left a stream of blood in its wake. It had managed to make some ground when an arrow suddenly sprouted between its shoulder blades, sending it thudding to the forest floor. Gwen raised a closed fist in thanks as she ran to retrieve her blade. The twins had heard every stereotype and myth about humans, and they barreled into the squirming pile of centaur bodies. They sought to prove them all true. They largely ignored those that had shattered limbs in the initial fall, centaurs usually being incapacitated by a broken leg like their mundane counterparts. Those that struggled to find their footing or tried to press forward to engage were met swiftly with a crunching hammer into the center mass or an axe embedded in their side. The twins were indiscriminate in their work and barely aimed their huge weapons, content on the power of their blows into portions of flesh that was presented. Skulls were crushed and antlers splintering apart as the hammer fell while the axe hacked through kicking legs like scything wheat. Throughout this, arrows continued to fly over their heads and thud into the diminishing mass of four-legged warriors, priority given to those who were attempting to retreat. The remaining centaurs trampled their own as they tried to turn and run back to safety of their woods. Those that mad managed it were cut down more brutally by solid blows cracking and splintering their spines and torso. Reeve and Gwen waded in from the back, stabbing into those still moving, until eventually the forest was silent once more, save for the heavy breathing of the humans. Thomas looked down, seeing a small centaurian arrow embedded into the meat of its shoulder. He blew out a glutteral sigh and wrenched the implement out, hissing slightly as it came loose. He spat over, looking at Reeve, who was wiping his own blade in centaur blood. Crap job, he growled, dropping his hammer unceremonially on the skull of the dead centaur. You're bleeding, Vaniel did nothing to hide the revulsion as he stared at the blood trickling down from Thomas's wound. The injury itself was insignificant, the centaurian arrow being small so that he had mostly ignored it. The elf seemed unable to take his eyes from the sight. It's nothing, Reeve interjected, his own face bearing bruises from the conflict. Part of the trade. The trade, Vaniel repeated slowly, his gaze still on Thomas. The human towered over him, his neck was craned upwards. How base! Saul bristled slightly at his words, but said nothing. Reeve nodded at her, then turned to Thomas, slapping him with a good shoulder. Go have your sister bind the wound. Thomas opened his mouth to complain, his hand tightening around the haft of his hammer, still dripping with ichor. Before he could, Lana had gripped him, not caring if it was his injured shoulder, and they half-wrestled each other away from the square. Vaniel seemed to find this even more fascinating. Brutes, he said, his eyes wide as he saw the two giants jostle. Gwen frowned now, stepping forward slightly, with one hand on the pommel of a sword. What was that, Long Ear? She hissed. The elf looked her over in surprise at being addressed. He looked her up and down briefly, taking her worn armor and muscled frame. He sucked his teeth sharply and turned from her back to Reeve. You are the leader. I am, Reeve said, struggling to keep the tiredness from his voice, both from combat and dealing with elves. We dealt with the other elf before, the female. 
She is indisposed, Vaniel answered, waving one pale hand in the air. What are you called? I'm told you mercenary groups have names. What is it? Gwent sighed, turning to follow the twins, whose bickering could still be heard clearly in the square. As she walked off, she raised one hand behind, middle finger raised. The beasts of burden, Reeve answered eventually, his face stoic. He held a glove hand out. Payment. Really, I thought maybe something more romantic, or least dramatic. He looked at the remaining three humans and sniffed. Obviously, I was too optimistic. Reeves opened and clenched his hands and ground his teeth, repressing the urge to draw his steel for the second time today. Sal stepped forward, walking around the elf and staring at the village, at the homes woven amongst the trees. Where is everyone? She asked, leaning close enough to Valian that it took a step away involuntarily, causing him to almost bump into Reeve. He spun to face him, his face scrunching up to be breathed in a thick odor of sweat and blood. He paled slightly and coughed, though tried to cover it with a hand. I saw you, you know, he said, his voice tight and hidden behind his palm. Grandmother scried you. We saw it. It was chaos. Undignified. What were you expecting, Alf? Sol scoffed, walking past him to stand alongside Reeve, a bard playing to cover the screams, a dash of blood just for flair. Oh, frick, an honorable combat. No, Alf glared at her, though the ears twitched, his eyes falling to the bow that she had stowed on her back. He blinked at it, seemingly lost in memory. Reeve leaned forward and snapped his fingers loudly in his face. Pay us the money. Finally, the elf seemed to sprung from his reverie, reaching within his tunic to retrieve a soft leather pouch. He hefted it in his palm, seemingly on the verge of saying something more until Reeves growled angrily. Vaniel threw the pouch over and Reeve swiftly stowed it, after checking the weight briefly. You would think the race so short-lived as yours would take more care, Vaniel began, though his voice wavered slightly as the humans glared back at him. Take, job's done, Reeve interrupted turning on his heel and striding away from the village. Sol grinned at the elf. Yeah, frick off, elf, she added, before laughing and gripping the arm of Van, who let himself be led willingly, though first he threw Reeves a spear and then waved jauntily at the elf. The three humans left, following a trail of their comrades, and the elf could vaguely hear some discussing what to do with the coin. Vaniel shuddered briefly, his gaze drawn back to where the humans had stood, splinters of blood and gore drying on the dirt. He felt a wave of nausea take him and battled with it briefly, furiously aware that the rest of the village was peering at him from their hiding places. He reached down and drew his dagger, the small blade bright sheen in the unblemished steel. He stared at it briefly before tossing it into the mud where the humans had stood, the weapon sinking partly into the soiled ground. Freaking humans. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And, if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.